Hello and welcome to Watchers in the Fourth Dimension. I'm Anthony, and I'm once again flying solo for another bonus episode of content from Hulanta 2019, Atlanta's local Doctor Who convention. In our very first bonus episode, we brought you a series of interviews from the con, where I talked to convention guests and fellow podcasters about their thoughts and feelings on the William Hartnell era. This time around, we are very happy to present to you the second set of interviews, featuring Nathan Skreslet from Pixel Who, fellow podcaster Mike Gordon from Earth Station One and Earth Station Who, and Doctor Who comic book artist Kelly Yates. Once again, these were all recorded on the go at the convention using a portable device, so the sound can be a little bit quirky at times. With that, we're starting off with Nathan from Pixel Who. Nathan, thank you for your time. It's good to see you again. Oh yeah, it's great to be here. So how, how have you been enjoying the con? Uh, very much so. We, we've always loved this one. Good. So Nathan, obviously you're with uh, Pixel Who. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned to you casually that your first Doctor Art has been a big inspiration. One of our co-hosts, Riley, has it hanging up in his dining room. And every time my girlfriend and I are over there, we, we look at it and say, okay, we've, we've done up to here and we're watching this story next and kind of using it as the benchmark for how far through the Hartnell era uh, and it makes me so. very happy to hear that it's, it's being used because it's, it's sort of intended to be used in that way. So um, what kind of drove you to create these wonderful pixel representations of Doctor Who? Uh, you know, ever since I was a teenager, I had wanted to do some sort of visual catalog of all of the characters from the show. But uh, drawing all of them, you know, in detailed drawings would have taken just simply forever. So I shelved the idea for decades and then... Uh, when Minecraft started sort of coming back into the, yeah. uh, bringing the 8-bit aesthetic back into the mainstream, a light bulb went off on my head. It's like, oh, what if I simplified all of these characters down to just their basic essence? A couple of squares each, you know, uh, make them as simple as possible, give it sort of a graphic treatment. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where it all came from. And the first Doctor was the first one that they built. Cool. So did you just decide to start at the beginning, or do you have a particular love for the first Doctor? Well, I knew that uh, we wouldn't have to deal with color because uh, I was intending to do it in black and white. And while we were still figuring out the scale we wanted to use and everything like that, it seemed the simplest way to go, even though you know, he didn't have a lot of episodes and the casts were pretty small. Right. So, yeah, we just kind of started there, and it was a lot of fun cool. going back through all of those, because many of them I hadn't seen in years. Right, and that's that's the thing. I, uh, the four of us on the podcast, mm-hmm. I'm the, the only one who's seen it all before. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since I've watched it sequentially and doing that and you get a much better idea of the evolution of the show oh, yeah. and how the characters work and it's just so much fun to do it that way. Oh, yeah. And we, we had a challenge, of course, with that one that a lot of the later stories are missing. Right. Um, so we had we wanted to be as absolutely complete as possible. So like for each of these Doctor posters, we do every single character that appears on screen from each episode in order. Right. Um, so... We didn't want to leave out those guys, so we used uh, telesnaps and other surviving photographs to uh, reconstruct all of the missing missing characters. Right, and I mean, some of the missing stories are easier to handle than others, and yeah. some just don't have telesnaps and have no yeah. existing footage. Um, and like, for instance, there's only like one surviving photograph of the Rills from Galaxy 4, right. and it's blurry. I don't know when you did mm-hmm. the first Doctor One, but that must mm-hmm. be made a little easier after that first episode. Oh, the third episode of Galaxy Four came back. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, that was that was many years after this was completed. Got so, it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we did this one in two thousand and five. I want to say. Oh yeah, so that came back yeah. in two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
2011 even, mm-hmm. six years later. Mm-hmm. So what have you guys got mm-hmm. going on next? Uh, uh, what well, are you working on? I'm working on Pertwee's episodes right now. Very um, cool. I finished his first season. Just got to make a little uh, pixel Roger Delgado uh, the other day, which was really fun. So how long yeah. does it take you for each figure? Uh, it varies by complexity. Um, the average one takes about 20 minutes to an hour, depending on you know oh, how, okay. how hard it is to nail the likeness. We take longer, of course, on the more recognizable characters. Some of the larger ones, since we do things roughly to scale, those can right. take a couple of days just by themselves. Got it. Well, very cool. Anything um, you want to promote right now? Oh, Where can gosh. we find you? Oh, well, you can find us on online at uh, pixelwho.com. Same pixelwho on uh, several of our social media or on Facebook. Uh, usually that's the best place to see what we're up to. And we go to lots and lots of conventions. So, uh, Very cool. Yeah. Well, if you're not familiar with pixelwho's work, check them out. They're fantastic. Thank you very so, much. Thank you for your time, Nathan. Enjoy the rest of the con and safe journey home. That was Nathan Skreslet, one of the talented folks at Pixel Who. Links to the Pixel Who website can be found in the show notes, and you can see them at a number of conventions in the North America region. Next up, I talk to my good friend Mike Gordon. Mike is one of the hosts of Earth Station One, your station for all things geek, and it's Doctor Who's sister spin-off, Earth Station Who, on which both myself and our very own Julie have been guests on several occasions. Most recently, I was a guest on their episode on the War Machines, and you can find the link directly to that in the show notes, along with links to Earth Station One, Earth Station Who, and Mike's personal website. So, here's Mike! <laughs> Mike, it's a pleasure to be talking to you. How are you, sir? Howdy! Glad to be here. Glad to see you, man. So, um, as you know, on on Watchers, we are currently watching our way through the first Doctor's era. Yes. So, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Do you have a a favorite William Hartnell era story? That's a good question. I'm not as versed with the first Doctor as I'd like to be. I only really started watching first Doctor stories after New Who, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm still kind of like, you know, I, th- I think every time I watch one, it's for the show. When we record in Earth Station Who, mm-hmm. and we talk about the first Doctor. So I've seen probably about a, uh, I don't know how many there are really, but I've seen a few. Um, I know he goes through companions a lot, which is kind of crazy. And I know a lot of them don't exist or whatever, but I do, I think the one that comes to mind as far as uh, one that I liked a lot was Reign of Terror. I bought that one and uh, I actually watched that one not for the show, just because I was kind of interested in the idea of it. And it was really cool. I liked the idea of the Doctor and his companions just getting caught up in history. And what a violent time in history to be caught up in. And it just had that sort of Les Miserables feel to it. So, I mean, they didn't break out in the song or anything, but... (laughs) <laughs> but it was it was really like some of the harder ones go on a little too long. There's a couple of episodes that they you know obviously, but I, I really I, that's one of my favorites. Excellent. So would you say you, you like the Hartnell historicals? Do you have have you seen any of the others? Do you is that something you would like to see more of in the future? The more pure historical aspect. I do like the historicals, and I think I've with the Hartnell ones I've seen more historicals than I have seen the other ones. I've seen the Dalek ones with Hartnell. Obviously, the first, what is it, two or three that he did, right, Um, where it starts out and then they go in the future and then they meet the Daleks. 
and then there's sort of a shipbound episode, right? After right. that one. And then I've seen the Aztecs and I've seen Reign of Terror and I'm trying to think. I think there's another one that I've seen that was a future one, but now I'm struggling to remember that one. So I guess I, I guess the historicals mean a little bit more to me though. So I would I like those, but I like Hartnell. I like Susan to an extent. Sometimes she can come across as a little whiny, but uh, I like Barbara and Ian, and I'm not as familiar with... Oh, the last Hartnell story, I think we, we reviewed as well. That's the with the... The War Machines or the Tenth Planet? Yeah, Tenth Planet. Tenth Planet. Tenth Planet. I know you and I were together on the War Machines. Uh, okay, right. One that we yes. did a few weeks ago. Right, okay, which, that was just... <laughs> which, uh, you know, was a, a delight to be on. Yes, uh, absolutely. It's good to be on ESO. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, so, you know, I'm still I'm still learning. I know that there's, like, a lot of stuff that's missing. What's really cool about going back and watching those is realizing that, yeah, I mean, Hartnell's a different actor than a lot of the others that have played him, but the Doctor still feels the same. Yeah, well, I think... You know, as, as you look at the later Doctors, you listen to any of them in interviews right up to Matt Smith, and Matt Smith will cite Patrick Troughton as a huge influence on mm-hmm. him. So most of the later Doctors, I think, base their portrayal on Troughton. And I think where we start seeing Hartnell, Colin Baker uh, cited Hartnell as an influence, Okay, as did Capaldi. Gotcha. I can see that. Um, I can see that. You know, they're, they're a little rougher. They're a little grouchier. Yeah. Everyone else is sights of Trout. And, <laughs> and I love Trout. Probably Patrick's like one in my top five. Oh, it definitely, right? He's top three for me. So I just watched the um, recreation or the animated version of the Macro Terror. Um, Wasn't it good? That was really solid. I was very impressed with that story. Did you watch the, the color version? Or yes, black and white? color. Okay. So and I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought I might be freaked out by the fact that it was in color, but I didn't mind it at all. So well, I, I love with that they gave you a black and white presentation as well as the the loose cannon reconstruction. Mm-hmm. So you you have your option for viewing experience on that, which bluntly I think I'd be kind of annoyed if they just gave the color version and didn't give you the option of something a bit closer to what was presented. I could see that, but I love the fact they've given you three viewing options. And you as the viewer can make your choice on how you want to experience the story. I also really like the fact that this is an option now. Whereas yeah. so with a lot of the episodes that we have quote unquote lost that we have the audios of, mm-hmm. now we can recreate and hopefully we'll get to a point where we've got them all. And there's, there's still hope on the ongoing search as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Phil Morris, who's the, the gentleman who's been going abroad into rural TV stations in Africa and physically searching their archives. He always said what he returned when he returned Enemy of the World and the Web of Fear, he said that that was a one-off for the 50th anniversary, and he will announce his finds when he's finished his search. Hmm. And last year, he started announcing some of them. He returned a few comedy shows. Okay. So, And he's been very open of, hey, things are going to get returned in batches. So there's hope. There's always hope. In the next few years, we might see some Doctor Who. If not, the animation. I, I, I think they're getting s- better about it. I would love to see them go and do some full Hartnell animations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're not that familiar with, with Hartnell, you probably haven't seen that many of the missing stories in terms of recons or listening to the, the audio. Savages is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I'm really hopeful they'll do an animated version of that. Okay. Yeah, that's one I look forward to. I Look, I think they've got a great company that does it now. I do remember when I saw, uh, even though, like I said, it's a good, great story, I think some of the animated parts in Reign of Terror were not great. So that company was not, or that style was not, didn't really fit really well. So all of the animations prior to Power of the Daleks, they were done by a mishmash of companies. Mm -hmm. And then with Power onwards, they've gone for one company. So 
think we're going to start seeing more of a house style. I think so. I, I kind of like what they're doing. Me too. Me too. Mike, it has been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Is there anything you would like to, to plug or promote? Well, of course, you can see me weekly on, uh, or listen to me weekly, I should say, in the, on the Earth Station One podcast. Uh, and then we record our station Who as well. And if you want to look up any other things that I'm like, all my writing and all the other nonsense I'm involved with, you can just go to newlegendmike.com. Mike, as always, thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. That was Mike Gordon, and we have linked his various pieces of work in the show notes. Finally, I sat down with Kelly Yates. Kelly is an extremely talented comic book artist, accomplished in both penciling and inking. He has been a feature of IDW's Doctor Who releases since 2008, including a number of cover pieces. He was also responsible for the design of Titan's kawaii line of Doctor Who figures. So yeah, you probably get the point by now, he's a very talented chap. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Kelly. Kelly, hello. It's good to see you again. It's great to see you again. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. It's good to, good to have you at Hulanta, as always. Obviously, you have drawn for all of the Doctors at this point, I believe. Uh, yes, I have. Absolutely. In- including yeah. our, our dear First Doctor. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. So with that, I was kind of wondering how much of a fan you are of the First Doctor, if you have anything you particularly enjoy about drawing for him, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. Well, you know, it's pretty interesting because I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s, and so obviously I was introduced to Doctor Who through the Tom Baker and the PBS years, and I really didn't understand at the time that there was other Doctors. I was young enough where I didn't have a Doctor Who magazine, I didn't have Doctor Who comic books, and obviously no internet, so I didn't know that there were other Doctors. So it wasn't until, I think, like many years, I mean, I understood that there were other Doctors eventually, but I hadn't seen any of the Hartnell stuff, so um, I was pretty limited. And then with just kind of the, the, all the stuff they were start releasing on DVDs and stuff, I was able to start accessing some of that stuff. And I was really shocked and amazed at how much I liked the first Doctor. You know, just, I always say Tom Baker's my favorite, but there were things I saw him do, certain acting preferences and everything, that I saw mimic that Tom Baker had obviously picked up along the way. And even David Tennant, there's little hand gestures and little things that they'll always kind of, I think, uh, mimic back or harken back to the, to the first Doctor. I just remember when I watched The Unearthly Child, I was just amazed at how much the show had not changed. Yeah. It was still the same show, it was just the desktop theme had changed. It really was the same concept and everything, right? right? It wasn't like a major, it wasn't like, what? what is this I'm watching? What is this? It's like, no, that's Doctor Who. It's, and they, they, they tweaked it as it went by. They made the Doctor more sympathetic, but the bones are very clearly there. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, you know, just kind of like when uh, you're drawing him, just referencing stuff and going back, is, that is kind of one of the difficulties, though, because there's not a lot of photos or even clear photos, because when you push the, the black quality, a lot of the, some of the details of the jacket would disappear because, you know, it's shown that black and white. And oh, you, yes, you couldn't really see where the seams are. Oh, is there actually a button there or is there not a button, you know, or kind of there were some of the difficulties with that. And sometimes it was actually nice to rely on some of the toys 
to look back at some of the toys because you can see like, oh, they got it figured out. They have it figured out. There's, oh, there's buttons here. Here's where the seam runs and, and things like that. And of course, you're dealing with Doctor Who fans. So attention to detail is a, a big <laughs> yeah. thing because we're a very anal bunch. Hey, yeah, it can you be know? very much so sometimes. But there was one piece I actually did. It was a Matt Smith piece. It was for... Um, Hastings. I had like a blend of all the doctor, the doctor wearing like all kinds of different pieces from different doctors thing. And Amy's wearing like the, the six jacket and Rory's just got all these things piled up on him and everything. But it's very specific that I wanted the cane and the, uh, the ring in there for mm. the first doctor. So I was very conscious about putting that in there specifically because I just thought that that was such a, a, an iconic thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you think about every doctor has some kind of costume nuance that mm-hmm. is iconic. Yep. And with Hartnell, it, to your point, it is the cane and, and the ring. Yeah. And it wasn't all figured out as much as we have it figured out now. Like, you know, now we can we can lean on, oh, we got the scarf as a drawing element, or we have the sonic, or whatever. It's very defined through just years of adding to, to the mythology of Doctor Who. So, yeah, it was a little, you know, a little thinner to pull from at that, that time period. Like, oh, he had, he, well, he had his hat. I guess he had his kind of specific hat that he would... He would wear it, so yeah. but and then that cane, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff to pull from with him, for awesome. sure. Yeah. So one question I've been asking our uh, those who have been kind enough to talk to us this weekend: Is there anything you, you've got going on right now that you would like to promote? Oh, I have all kinds of stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> what, what about what's recently come out? I know you've done the the Kawaii Titans. Yes, um, yeah. The I think Ka- your Jody recently came out, right? It's coming out the two pack with Jody and the Tardis are coming out. I think like literally like in a week or two and everything. So, so that's pretty exciting. By so. the time this is going out to the public, yeah, they'll be out. So they will. They will. If if you are enjoying Jody's tenure, or yeah. if you're just a diehard collector, check out Kelly's Kawaii Titans, especially the Jody one. Great. Thank you. Kelly, as always, thank you for your time. Absolutely. That was Kelly Yates, and we have linked to some of his products in the show notes. That just about wraps up our interviews and content from Hulanta. We hope that you enjoyed the conversations across the three episodes we've done and getting to hear some of the opinions on the Hartnell era from guests and other podcasts from the very last Hulanta. We'll be back next time with a regular episode in which we discuss the Space Museum. In the meantime, thank you and have a good one. You have been listening to a special bonus episode of Watches in the Fourth Dimension with myself, Anthony Williams, and special guests Nathan Skresler, Mike Gordon, and Kelly Yates. This episode, Howdy, was recorded live at Hulanta between Friday the 3rd of May and Sunday the 5th of May 2019. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Watches4D, and you can email us at Watches4D at gmail.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review on your preferred podcasting app, and always remember, please support your local conventions.